Hello, hello, hello. I took a slight break. We are back. So we are going to go over uh, the Shemitah observance and cataclysm. On the other hand, he says, we have a Shemitah as a biblical ordinance occurring, a religious event, a Shabbat rest, and a blessing. It was voluntary observance of Yahuwah's people. We have the destruction of the kingdom and the events that come about through the multitude of causes entirely from having nothing to do with the voluntary religious observance. How can two be connected? He asks. The Bible also establishes a connection in Leviticus when it speaks of a military invasion such as multitudes that it reduces entire cities to ruin and the land to a depopulated devastation, and yet it speaks the land desolate as a fulfillment of the Shemitah. So now we look the Shemitah in the modern translation. So here he explains what a Shemitah is. The effect of the Shemitah that manifests, whether throughout the voluntary observance of Yahuwah's people or by the calamitous event, the sower and the reaper of the ancient Israelites were a voluntary cease from work for a duration of the Shemitah. In the modern world, economic downturns and implosions force people from employment and labor. That means are different, but the end result is the same. The ancient Shemitah, the voluntary abandonment of the fields and groves, meant the land yield, yields and productivity plummeted. In the modern world, the plummeting of production and yields are caused by economic collapse. Ancient Shemitah, the people were not to buy or sell, partake in fruit or land. In the modern world, economic collapses cause the plunging of consumption of trade. The ancient Shemitah, the people were to wipe away their financial accounts by canceling out debts and credit. In the modern world, Financial collapse causes credit to fail, debts to go unpaid, and financial accounts to be wiped out. So understand, it plays back to back. Sowing and reaping in the modern world. It is striking to note how many agricultural terms connect with the Shemitah are also linked to economic and financial realms. Financial investments is called sowing. Interesting. Funding gives to launching a financial enterprise called a seed money. Starting a new enterprise is called planting. When a financial investment produces returns, those returns are called yields. The yields is part of its coming to fruitation. One then reaps the yields. The connection is just as strong in the ancient Hebrew in one of the ordinances that the Shemitah it is written, and this is in Leviticus 25.20, emphasis added. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since you shall not sow or gather in our produce, emphasis added. Behind the term produce in Hebrew is tahba. Tahba comes from the word as fruit or produce, but also grain, gain, income, and revenue. Here, as before, we find a connection of the Shemitah to economic realms. The Shemitah's impact 
makes a nation materials blessings, which makes up its prosperity, its productivity, and its substance in modern nations translates to the economic and financial realms. So in the Shemitah, were to operate in the modern world, we would expect it to be especially linked to those realms. And since the nature of the Shemitah is to bring out secession, the world, that this would translate to economic and financial collapse. The Shemitah as a prophetic sign. <laughs> so we're going to start reading Chronicles first before we go through. As long as she lay desolate, she keeps a Shabbat. Okay. What is the manifestation of the Shemitah? Going even further? Going beyond the economic realms? Can its manifestation form be sensation, collapse, or even destruction? The answer is found in Second Chronicles. Concerning the calamity that fell upon the land in 586 BC, according to the account, the Babylonians invaded the land, then burnt Jerusalem and exiled the people from the land. All were part of the manifestations of the Shemitah. This presented a during fusion, one of hands in the Shemitah, a religious observance of rest, and a Shabbat year, or Sabbath year. On the other hand, its national catastrophism that set a city on fire, wiped away the entire kingdom, then one is full about release, the other a nation taken by force into captivity or exile. How does these two jarring realities go together? The answer is they don't go together. They are one of the same according to the account which fell upon the land of Israel in 586 BCE. What was such a connection to the Shemitah? It was the Shemitah, of course. The destruction of the Shemitah and all the unkept, unobserved, and unfulfilled Shemitahs from Israel's past were now returning to find their fulfillment. The 70 years of judgment were the 70, 70 unkept Shemitahs from Israel's past. The Shemitahs had returned in an alternate form had the trans and had transformed. It was now operating through conflict and war, po political alliances, and deportation and exile of an entire people, and the countless variable of human actions, reactions, and interactions. So basically he's stating here that the 70 years they did what they did, it ended up culminating into a judgment, and that judgment ended up <laughs> hurting them instead of helping them. Okay. Now let's see what he says even further. The Shemitah and the two empires. So how does an empire play into a Shemitah? We're going to find out. The Shemitah laid behind the march of the Babylonian armies into the Promised Land. The burning of the temple, the removal of the people from the land, and their years in exile. It operated an echo at an epic scale, transcending the boundaries of ancient Israel and involving foreign people, nations, and empires. In order for the land to rest and keep its missing Shabbat, the Jewish people had to be removed from the land. And in order for the Jewish people to be removed from the land, the Babylonian pit, empire had to ascend onto the world stage. In order for the Babylonian empire to ascend, the Assyrian empire 
had to fall. Once the land kept its Shabbat, or Sabbath, the Babylonian captivity would come to an end. In order for this to happen, another empire had to rise, the Persian Empire. Thus, the Babylonian Empire happened the Babylonian Empire happened to rise at a time that the 70 years of the Shemitah must commence. Then when the empire, the 70 years of the Shemitah were completed, it fell. It, fall, it falls because the empire of Persia rises. Thus, the Persian Empire happen, happens to rise at the time the Shemitah draws to its end. The mystery of the Shemitah thus come, becomes global affecting the course of the nations beyond and far removing from Israel and causing the rise and fall of powers, kingdoms, and world empires. The Shemitah as a pattern. Does the mystery of the Shemitah always involve judgment? Not necessarily, nor is it a simplistic equation whereby every manifestation can neatly be attributed to particular sin. And as we have seen, the same manifestation can mean the full of a fall of a power and the rise of another. Interesting. The Shemitah forms an underlying pattern and dynamic that gives the right circumstances will manifest manifest in a specific way. The manifestation may vary in form, but will exhibit consistent characteristics operating through consistent dynamics and produce consistent repercussions. Given the circumstances of a nation and civilization, dedicated from its inception to the will of God, but not in departure from its will, in defiance of his ways and at war with his sovereignty as it was with the ancient Israel the Shemitah will increasingly more intensely and more severely manifest in directions of judgment what should a Shemitah look like today at the beginning of this chapter he proposed a question as to what the mystery of the Shemitah would look like if it was operating in the modern world. To know the answer and the questions, let us assume the pieces of a puzzle. Okay, so I'm going to cut here for about two minutes, and I'll be right back to discuss the overall manifestations. the last part of the Shemitah. All right. So the overall manifestations. Hello, everybody. So let's look at the overall manifestations. The Shemitah declared Yahuwah's sovereignty, dominion, and ownership over everything. It specifically touched the realms of the nation's prosperity and substance. It manifests as a Shabbat year and is distinct from the six years preceding it. It bears witness that all blessings come from Yahuwah. It humbles the pride of man. It lay bare man's total dependence on Yahuwah. Think about that, people. Think how God, we must, 
if we are God's children, which most of us are, how we must count on Yahuwah for our provision through his son. Think about that. If you're unsaved, you don't have that provision. You're a work of the devil. Think about that. All right. It separates wealth and position from the owners. It wipes away that which was built up in previous years. It levels, imbalances, and erases accounts. It causes secession, pauses, pauses people, interruptions, and endings. A word of knowledge. What has been being discussed by most of the pastors right now with the coronavirus? A reset? May I state that I made a prediction about the Democratic Party and a judgment that would be laid. Now, what if that judgment affected the nation? Think about that, people. I wouldn't have made a cameo if I was reading this book here right now. One of the most words that is mentioned by Jonathan Kahn is a pulse. Reflect. Think what's going on right now. Not just America, but the world and this corona epidemic. What is going on? A pulse. The whole economic structure of our society has ceased. Why? It started in China. It spread through Europe. Now it hits America in March. Maybe even earlier. It goes back. The Chinese admit that this thing started in October of last year. Right around the time that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is a Day of Atonement, started. It started the first week of October. But they didn't tell anybody until December. Why? Number two, why did this spread so fast around the world in less than a week after it left China? Interesting. Now, why are we here in our homes now? Why, while this virus is taking its toll, here we are at Passover. Prisach. And people are talking about this is a pulse to reflect. The land is moving, but verily. The economics are falling. No businesses are open. The only businesses that are open is food distribution, which is very slim, and medical hospitals. Meanwhile, your government installations, your government facilities, your local government, your state government have pulsed. Meanwhile, people are scared they're frightened. They're wondering where their next meal's going to come from. They're wondering how they're going to pay for their rent, their electric, and all these other things. Now, I'm not being a fearmonger. 
I'm just pointing out facts. Facts are the key to understanding what we're in right now. I'm pointing you to the book. Not just the Bible, but Jonathan Kahn, he refers back to the Bible and what the Shemitah is all about and what it would look like today. People, were in one. Think about it. It has interruptions and endings. It reveals the links between the physical, the material, and the spiritual realms. It bears witness against materialism. It calls the nation to turn away from the materialism and to pursue spirituality. Yes, we are in a pulse. What is the Heavenly Father wanting? Yahuwah Yeshua is our Heavenly Father. What is He wanting? He's our Savior. He's our Messiah. He's our Redeemer. He's the Son of Man. He is the Son. What is He wanting? Think. Okay, let's go here. It releases entanglements, attachments, and bonds. It brings about rest. Shabbat. It calls the nation back to God or Yahuwah. So think. These are the overall manifestations of what he's trying to do before our fall. Before the world's fall. He's trying to bring his children back to him. I don't care if you're a Catholic. I don't care if you're uh, this religion or that religion. It has nothing to do with denomination. It has nothing to do with a dogma or doctrine or this or that. Even though he teaches us his word, man's doctrines need to be pushed aside and the Lord's orders and ordinances need to be looked at. Think, people, we're right now at a pulse. I predicted this pulse. I told you it was coming. Now, there's other prophets confirming my words as much as I'm confirming them. So believe what I am. Believe what I stand for. The Lord is calling us back to repentance, people. Think about it. Think about my words, my viewers, my listeners, what few I have. Think. Yohannikin said the same thing. He called for repentance. Now I call for that. Fall on your knees and repent. And if you are saved, do the same thing. Go back to the Father. For our Father wants us to return as prodigal children. Come from the world and come back home. For heaven's sakes. Come back home. The economic manifestations. The Shemitah carries a special connection to bear and to and bears a special consequence on the nation's economic realms. It affects the precision extended into the realms of labor, production, employment, revenue, consumption, trade, and Finance. Nothing about medical. It causes production to cease. 
for several decease, decrease, or diseases, its labor to cease or greatly reduce. It causes private realms to increasingly yield to the public realm and private ownership to be increasingly subjective to the public necessities. It causes buying and selling and transactions of commerce to be greatly curtailed. It builds up to its peak day, the day of remission on EU 29. It causes the nation's financial accounts to be transformed, annulled, and wiped clean. It causes credit to be unpaid and debt to cease. Credit and debt are wiped away. It acts as an economic and financial leveler, leveler, wiping out that which had been allowed to build up in the preceding years, nullifying imbalance. It ceases accounts and causes release and remission in the economic and financial realms. The prophetic manifestation, the Shemitah also is also a prophetic sign of national judgment. To a nation that has rejected the sovereignty of Yahuwah, a nation that no longer sees itself as under Yahuwah, to a nation that has driven Yahuwah out of its culture, to a nation that has divorced its blessings from the hand of Yahuwah, to a nation that pursues increase and prosperity over the righteousness and over Yahuwah, to a nation that seeks material blessings or pleasures at as an end in and of itself. To the nation that once knew Yahuwah, but has now largely forgotten him. To a nation that once knew the ways of Yahuwah, but now reject them. Upon a nation that specifically strikes the nations, blessing, prosperity, and substance. The bearing witness to the nations that all of its blessings come from Yahuwah, and without him those blessings cannot remain, but will be removed. The bearing witness against the nation's materialism, the strike that strikes the nation's economic realms, the wiping out of a nation's financial accounts, the humbling that humbles the nations and cast down its objects of pride and glory, the separation that separation of wealth and possessions from the nation that causes secession. Paul's again mentioned interruptions and endings that releases entanglements, attachments, and bonds bondage among the people of the nation that lays bare the nation's total dependency on Yahuwah, that holds the keys to specific times of the nation's judgment, that directs the nation away from worldly and the material, that calls the nation back to its father God, Yahuwah. So, I tell you people, saved and unsaved, for the unsaved, repent. Accept the Son, repent, for His day is at hand. And for the fa- those that follow the Father, 
Turn away from your wicked ways. Leave the materialism of possessions. Give it up for our Heavenly Father and the Son are coming. And we will have to face Him one way or another, my friends. Judgment is coming. Repent. If you don't, it'll be too late. I don't want that on my heart. I want to see my brothers and sisters in heaven with me. Jew or Gentile, we are all the same. We are one mishpuka. So think about it. Okay, I'm going to take a break. And we will finish up the last of the reading for this evening. I read two chapters, so we're a week ahead. Cool. I will divide this into two sessions so you can focus on it more. I've got nearly over an hour now on my video, so this I'm not going to run over an hour. We'll run it the next 15 minutes, and then I will call the next one, and then I will call it a night. We won't have a devotional tonight. I want you to reflect and think about what I've read here and what the Father has told us a Shemitah is. We are in a cycle of Shemitah. We are in a cycle of pause. We are in a cycle of reflection. We are in a cycle of coming back to the Father. I have seen it around the world slowly. But America, wake up. It is time. It is time for the churches to wake up and realize time is short. Very short. And I can speak for the truth. We don't have much time left. I think we are in the beginning of the birth pains. The first three years of it anyway. And we will be seeing the return of our Messiah our King, our Lord, our Father, our Avi. And I don't want to be the one to be the bearer of bad news, but we are in the end times, people. The beginning. But we are in the first sorrows. So be accounted worthy to look upon his face. And then we'll cut this 15 minutes and we will come back and finish the Shemitah. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sacred Elohim's Time Light and Pearl Ministries. We are finishing up the third key. We went over two, two keys tonight so uh, we can get things out of the way. So we only got, uh, I believe, three keys left, if I'm uh, absolutely sure. And those keys are longer keys. So let's go back to where we was discussing the manifestations. We were on the global manifestations. So I'm going to read those out to you now. The Shemitah is in its most far-reaching manifestation, operating on an epic and global scale, transcending nat national borders, and involving every realm of life. Involves not only the economic and financial realms, but also the political realms, the cultural realms, and the soci sociological realms, the military realms, and even natural realms. Think about it. Through direct impacting the financial and economic realms, it out, outwork, its outworking can be triggered or accomplished by events of entirely different realms. 
can manifest in a form of a cataclysmic event, can wipe away not only the financial accounts, but also physical realities, buildings, walls, towers, cities, can alter the landscape of a nation and power, can evolve and affect the rise and fall of great powers and determine the course of an empire. So here is the question he poses. We now know identifying, we now have identified the dynamics and the nature of a Shemitah as a pattern and a template as well as a sign of a nation's judgment. But one question remains. In ancient times, the focal point of the Shemitah was the nation and the land of Israel. If the Shemitah was to manifest in modern world, in the modern world, on what stage would it operate? Where would it play out? To answer these questions, we need one more clue. So, think. We are now going beyond 586 BCE. We're going into the moder- present to modern age. We know Yeshua came in a year of Shemitah. We know he died in a year of Shemitah. We know that everything since then, after the destruction of the temple, there was a desolation, and it went quite a ways until the beginnings of the reestablishment of the nation of Israel until nation, the nation of Israel was reborn in 1948. It started in 19, I think, 19 or maybe 18, the Belfour Declaration. And since then, we have been seeing a progression of the rebirth of Israel and the decline of other nations and the rise of other nations and the beginning of a totalitarian world system. Now, we're not there yet. But I will tell you, the process has speeded up very majorly since 2017. We are coming to a verging point. We've had the Twin Towers in 01. And they rebuilt the towers in defiance instead of leaving them down. They replaced a tree in defiance. They read a scripture that was in defiance. Just like Israel made their prediction Our nation has made predictions on themselves. We come up to the current president. Every president we've had has been in a defiant sense of the matter. Now we come to a president that knows the Lord, wants to live by the Lord, and here we are in a Shemitah. And what hits? A pulse. A a blatant pulse by God. He's seeing if his church will come back to him. His followers will come back to him. His children will come back home. Meanwhile, we have who wanting to take children away from their parents that have the coronavirus and quarantine the parents until they get over it. They will not see their children. I don't think so. Uh, And then you've got another guy over here wanting to make some way of a vaccine. And he wants to make it in a way they have some kind of identifying marker that they've taken this vaccine. And he wants to force it on people. 
the next comes up news out of Africa that this vaccine is being tested. They've been testing it on children, and seven children have died from this vaccine with this identifying marker. People, open your eyes to the world's events around you. See what's happening. I am not making falsifications. I am only reading what I see. I'm discerning. We are now in a time and place that we really need, if we're saved, we really, 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 really need to judge what we are doing. For the Lord looks at our hearts and our minds. He sees whether we have trust in Him and belief. Let me explain. What is faith? What is belief? They're one and the same. They are trusting Him. Trust in Him totally. I can testify to this. I have seen things move in my life when I put Him in front of me and trust that He will take care of me. I didn't do that before, but now I see it, and I can testify to that. I've seen many things happen where I didn't think I was going to come out of it, and I've survived it, where I've seen many things that He's provided that ultimately led me to being here in front of you, testifying of those things. I've seen him do things through me that I didn't think he would do. And all that time, I sit there and I ignored his calling me, ignoring his thing on my heart for so long. But I can't ignore it anymore because he is there and I know he's there and there's no way you can't ignore it. He's the creator of all things. He is the Alpha and the Omega, and we cannot deny that. Um, what can I say other than I'm using my own words to describe what he deals with me? And my dealings have been quite powerful and quite explicit. <laughs> He's a father that loves unconditionally. He loves immensely. With a roaring like you do not know. But yet he will ask you, do you trust me? In the most smallest way. And I have learned to live with that. I cannot say I've always been a good person. Because no person is good. We all fall short of his glory. But in his sight, through what has what he, he has done through his son... We can face him with what we have, and he is gracious enough to forgive. But I will put this to you. If you have somebody that you have not forgiven, he will let you know. And he lays the judgments. So we will continue. So ne next time around, we'll be discussing the fourth key, the secret Israel. This goes beyond 586 B.C. Uh, the Israel of the New World. The fall of ancient Israel. The fall of the second Israel. The Shemitah and the nations. And then we will discuss the final key, which is the Tashiri connection next time. So we're doing two. I'm clearing them out. 
The most holy of months, the Tashiri. Hebrew month of Tashiri, the time of judgment, the time of Teshuva, the, the Shemitah and the Tashiri connection, the beginning of the end, Eul and Tashiri. The Tashiri key and Eul, first impact. Ah, so we discuss the opening of the Shemitah and what it has with Tashiri, the last impact of Tashiri. Shemitah, wake. Eul, the leading in the month. And then we come to the mystery of the cataclysm and the keys of the cataclysm next. So we complete everything in less than two weeks. It'll be done in April. So, we are ahead of schedule, so there will be a week off before we start our next one. And in the meantime, I will be bringing up a devotional for the Book of Mysteries, which I'm working on. Uh, we will get back into our Bible studying, hopefully, by then. Um, I will be breaking those down from being just here to individual sessions. So, we have completed our Shemitah for this week. We are actually quite ahead. Um, I might do the other two recordings later. Uh, probably tomorrow and post them and get them out of the way so you guys have them so I can have a couple weeks off of rest. Um, I'm going to say Shabbat Shalom and you enjoy your evening and this is the final recording. Thank you. You have a wonderful evening, and may God bless you and preview, and may we all pray for the peace of Jerusalem.